Jeff Singleton, if he comes up to share the word with us. Well, good morning. <clears throat> it is good to be with you this morning. Been looking forward to this opportunity to come and to share. You know, anything that had that had or has a once upon a time had Ottawa in it makes me feel at home. And so uh, uh, it is good. To, in fact, I was on staff with your pastor at one point. We were on staff together at uh, at Ottawa. I call it the big house. And uh, uh, but it is good to good to be with you this morning, and we count it a joy and a privilege uh, to be able to stand behind the, the sacred desk. And some of you I've known through the years, and it is good to see you once again. And so, uh, always a joy to have uh, my bride and my pride with me this morning, as as John has introduced uh, my wife Amber. And so I bring you greetings to, this morning on behalf of the Florida Baptist Convention and our executive director, Dr. Tommy Green. Well, let me, let me pray, and we will get after it. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just come before your presence. And Father, we ask, in the name of Jesus, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds. God, that you'd enable us to hear from you this morning. And so, Father, we ask that, God, that you would give us, give us blood-dipped ears, Give us hearts, hearts that are open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, Father, when it's all said and done, God, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that you so richly deserve. Father, for we ask all these things in Christ's precious name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk with you about a community of prayer, the church at Odessa. This is your sixth year and rapidly approaching the seventh year there. And so you are still very much in that embryonic stage of church growth. They say that it takes anywhere from, from five to seven years for a church to become a church before it settles in, and so you are at that place. And, and so I simply want to encourage you this morning with the Odessa Challenge, a community of prayer. Now, perhaps you've heard the old adage that says, a family that prays together stays together. I knew somebody had heard it before. The family that gives together shares together. The family that study together grows together. The family that worship together will one day spend eternity together. The early church in its formative days and years uh, was a model of community partnership, community partnering, prayer, praise, and worship. The power of the early church was in the Spirit of God and in like-minded believers. In like-minded believers. And so this morning, I want us to see three things from the context of our passage this morning. The first thing I want us to see this morning is the mind of the early church. The mind of the early church. The early church had achieved and experienced divine community 
in their prayer life. As a result, they, had, they were able to unleash the power of God in their worship. And in, as a result, they were turning the world upside down. Look at Acts chapter, chapter 17, verse 6 says, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Because they had unleashed the power of God and turning the world upside down. You see, the, the, the challenge this morning, the church at Odessa, it's not what Odessa says about Odessa. The, the, the challenge is what does the community of Odessa say says about that? What are they saying about you this morning? Are you, as the church of Odessa, are you turning this community upside down? Is this community being impacted, influenced because of the presence of the church of Odessa? You see, this church, this early church, they were turning their community, they were turning their city upside down. You see, this morning in the book of Acts, the power of God was demonstrated among them in many ways because they had achieved the community. They had achieved community. Common unity. Common unity. Look at the text this morning. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, Acts 2.42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles. We would say this morning, they devoted themselves to four things about the pastor. Four things about Pastor Chris. Notice the four things that they devoted themselves to. First of all, they're areas of growth, areas of spiritual growth in our lives and in their lives. He says that, they devoted themselves to the teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. To prayer. You see, if we're going to grow, if we're going to experience the unleashing of God's power in our presence, then there must be a commitment. They were not casual, but they had devoted themselves to, to the study of God's word, to the teaching, that, that, that which the pastor was, was teaching, that which the apostles were communicating, they were committed to it, committed to the teaching, committed to the fellowship, committed to the breaking of bread, committed to communion, committed, committed to prayer. The text says in verse 43 that, watch the text, everyone, huh, not most of them, not some of them, but everyone, Everyone, he says, was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Let me ask you the question this morning. Is God doing something in Odessa that's distinctively God, that only God can get the credit for? You see, we like to operate in a way, in a manner that, that, that we're okay with God as long as we get, as long as we have veto power. As long as we can veto God, we're okay. It's God doing something that's distinctively God, that, that you can point to and say here at Odessa, that what God is doing here, only God can do this. This is a God thing. You know, we plan, praise God. 
We strategize, praise God. But God wants to do something that only he can get credit for. He said, well, we built the building. Well, praise God. Well, we did this. Well, praise God. What is he doing? They were in awe, not because of the ingenuity, not because of the wisdom, not because of the intellect. They were in awe because what was happening was distinctively God. You know, we can do, we, we got this down. We, we got worship down. We can worship and, and God never show up. We come, tip, and we dip. Yeah. You know, you know, come on, preacher, preacher, you you preacher, you're burning clock now, because I got things to do, I got places to go. You know, there's only two places where people watch clock at church and at work. <laughs> come on now. Doug, Doug, talk to me, Doug, talk to me. When the buck's going overtime, do anybody leave? Let the preacher go in overtime. God wants to do something. You see, in America, the church has lost its voice. The church has lost the power of God active and relevant in its people's life. We punch in and we punch out. We know how to do worship. We got four songs of prayer and a hymn. Don't sing them too long now. Listen to me. God wants to show up. Every Lord's day, we ought to seek and desire to experience him. We ought to come desiring to meet with him, desiring to experience him in a fresh way, in a bold way, in a new way. Yes. The church, they were in, everyone was filled with awe because of the, watch the text, the many wonders and signs. Is God out of business? Is he still, has he stopped doing wonders? No. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Yes. The Bible says God looks throughout the earth seeking in whom he may show himself mighty. He says in verse 45, he says, verse 44, and all, there it is again, all the believers were gathered and had everything in common. Everything in common, I like that. They sold their properties and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, breaking of bread in their homes, and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying favor, of all the people. You see, there's something, when the church is on fire, when the church is dynamic, the community around it is affected by it. As you drove in this morning, Odessa saw you coming. You know? And, and, and is it, you see what, the, the question about Sunday, does our Sunday morning transfer to Monday? If Sunday doesn't transfer to Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, then something's wrong on Sunday. Sunday ought to transfer. We ought to be better because we've gathered. I said all the time, you don't pay 
$100 or $200 to go watch the Bucks huddle on Sunday morning. Now, you don't mind the Bucks huddling because you want them to huddle. But the question is, what are you going to do when you break the huddle? Yeah. You see, when the Bucks break the huddle, there's 11 guys on the other side of that ball daring them to go public with their private conversation. Yeah. There's folks who saw you this morning. Your neighbor saw you get in that SUV. They saw you polishing it yesterday. And they saw you leave for church. They want to know, does your huddling today make a difference in how you live tomorrow? The church at Odessa, the church, he said they were devoted. Notice, as a result, and the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. There are five elements, five elements of the community prayer, five elements of their community prayer. First of all, there was, their prayers were single focus. Their prayer was single focus. Wasn't scattered, wasn't at random. Their, their prayer life, that church, when the church of Odessa came together, when they came together, their prayers were laser focused. Think about it. You got 200 people praying, laser focused to God. Something's got to move. When we come together, too many times our prayers are so scattered. You see, you will never accomplish greatness, something great, until you get focus. You got to get focus. You got to get focus as an individual. You got to get focused as a, as a body. Their prayers, they prayed with a single focus. Not only was their prayer single focus, their prayers, their prayers, he said their prayers were purpose driven. Ah! Their prayers were pres- uh, purpose driven. Listen to me. Everybody, everybody ends up someplace in life. Everybody ends up someplace in life, but very few people end up on purpose. Most people are shooting in the dark. If you say, hey, how did you get your job? The job that you, how did you get that job? Well, you know, I, I, was, in, I, was, I was looking through the, the one ass. I was looking at the newspaper, and I saw that job, and I went and applied for it, and they hired me. Praise God. But is that where God wants you to be? Well, I don't know. They were hiring. Most people spend their life working on a job they don't like. And after 40 years on that job, they said, when I retire, when I retire, I'm going to go do what, now what I want to do. Now what I have a passion for. We call that what? Midlife crisis. Ah, that's right. We spent 20, 30 years paying bills and collecting receipts. But now I'm going to go and do, now I'm going to follow my heart. Now I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Everybody ends up someplace in life. But very few people end up on purpose. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose. He says, 
they were not just laser focused. They were not just single focused. They were purpose driven. The church had a purpose. The church was committed to the purpose. Listen to me. Everybody, everybody, every, all of us live under the same horizon. But we all have different horizons. You got to figure out what is it that God, God, what is your plan? What is your purpose for me here at Odessa? He says, but not only, they, their prayers were devoid of self. You see, before you can live for God, you got to die to self. Yeah. You got to get self out of the way. You see, I, I grew up in a little small community south of a little place called Belglade. You probably never heard of it. A little place called Belglade. And I just want to see that I have any classmates in the house. Because I was taught, out the school I went to, they taught me the three most important things in life are me, myself, and I knew I had some cousins here. Yeah. Listen to me. I stopped by to tell you the eyes don't have it. If you're going to live for God, if you're going to experience the unleashing of the power of God, resident and active in your life, then you got to die to self. Because self gets in the way. Self what, what it want, when it want, who it want, as long as it want it. A man, a woman, a boy, a girl left to themselves will destroy themselves. So you got to die to self. It was to, their prayer life was devoid of self. Christ said, "Not my will, let Thy will be done." See, too much. We got too much. We've bought into the Burger King philosophy in America. Have it your way. Yeah. Notice. Not only with their prayer life. Single, single focus, purpose-driven, devoid of self, but it was Christ-centered. Their prayer life was Christ-centered. At the heart, at the core, that's what Jesus said, not my will, not my will, let thy will be done. You see, the goal in America, the goal in American church is Conveniency. Don't make the church inconvenient because they won't come. Let, let's make it convenient. You know, let, let's have all the bells and the whistles, all the toys so they can come. Because if you build it, they will come. Where do we find that in Scripture? Where do we find that in Scripture? Christ. Nothing about the cross was attractive. Nothing about the cross. We are called to sacrificial living. He says their prayers were aligned with God's will. Their prayers were aligned with God's will. The key to the Christian life is alignment. <laughs> the key, the, let me say it again. The key to the Christian life is alignment. It's lining up under the authority of God's word. <laughs> yeah. He said, well, you know, I, I know what God said, but, but what? 
Yeah. It's lining up under the authority of God's word and under the authority that God has placed in and over your life. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. There are three, God has established three areas of authority, of divine authority in our society. Three areas of a divine authority in our lives. The first area of divine authority is parental authority. Parental authority. Listen to me. That used to mean something. That used to mean something. See, I grew up in a time when parents ruled. Yeah, yeah. Whatever mama said, it was the gospel. Yeah. I, I tell folks all the time, I, would, I, was, I, I was more afraid of mama than I was the police. Because I knew he might kill me. I knew she would kill me. Yes, sir. I'm not calling 911. <laughs> My hand wouldn't even go to 911. You know why? Because they couldn't get there fast enough. <laughs> the delay, I would be in trouble. Yes, sir. But kids today, kids today, you know, mama say one thing, they got 10, 20 words for it. Uh, everything, you know, it's, I, I, they go toe to toe with their parents. Toe to toe. Uh, my grandmother raised me, she was about five. By five, five, I was six even then. You know, I was like, yes, ma'am. You see, there is, there is parental. God has set in, in society parental authority. The first thing kids have to learn is to obey the authority in their home. Parental authority. It's when you learn to obey parental authority, you now understand how to live in a greater society. The reason why we're having problems today in our society because we are not trained. See, too many parents want to be, they want to be their friend. Your, your kids don't need another friend. They need a parent. Hello, Walls. It's parental authority. The next level of authority, the divine authority is ecclesial authority. Ecclesial authority. It's the authority of the church. It's the authority of the church. It's the authority of God's word. We live under the authority of God's inerrant and infallible word, taught, preached, disseminated by the man of God. There's a time in America when we live, when there is a sense of God consciousness in America. There was a sense of God consciousness in America. I remember as a little boy, we would, we would be, you know, we'd be walking down the road and passing the church, and we would be saying things and doing things we ought not do. But, but there was something about when we came to the church, hey, 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 church. You know, we would wait till we get past that church, then we start back whatever we were doing, you know. You know why? There was a, re there was a reference. There was a reverence for the place of God and the man of God and the people of God. There was a time in the culture where there was a God consciousness, parental authority, ecclesial authority, third, governmental authority, governmental authority. But we lived under the rule of the nation. There was government authority. Today, today, our society, our politics are, are toxic. Toxic. You know why? 
because we no longer respect the authority. Every movie you watch, every show on television, it's about how rebellious can you be. It's all about pushing against the God-given authority in your life. Listen to me. Tragically today, much is being tried and settled in a court of public, public opinion through Facebook, Twitter, and other social media outlets. Everybody's on Facebook. <laughs> Everybody on Facebook. You know what I'll say? You know, we, I, I'm praying for the day that we would get, out, get off of Facebook and put our face in his book. It's the best Facebook I know. He says, God says in his words, our blessings, our blessings comes, a common it flows when we live our lives under the biblical authorities that God has placed in our lives. He says, when an individual or when a body of believers ways please and honor the Lord, it pleases and it honors the Lord to bless that individual, or to bless that body of belief. Look with me at Psalm 84. Psalms 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold. Watch this. For those who walk is blameless. When a man, when a woman, when a boy or a girl, when your way pleases him, it pleases God to bless you. He said, and he withhold no good thing from you. So if you're not being blessed, maybe because you're out of alignment. Yeah. You know, I remember the day I had my tire and, you know, and the mechanic told me I needed an alignment. I didn't have the money for it, so I just ignored it. Yeah. I kept wondering why my car would just go down the road like this here. It was just going down the road. That <laughs> mechanic didn't know what he was talking about. He, he was just trying to get money out of me. I couldn't figure out why the car was going this way. You know? <laughs> I thought it was just cool. <laughs> Listen to me. All of life is about alignment. Are you... Are you Lining up under the authority that God has placed in your life. See, some of us are slipping and tripping like a bad transmission. Because we're out of alignment. We're always struggling, always struggling. Something is always going on because God can't bless you because you're out of alignment. Alignment with your parents. Alignment with your church. Alignment with authority. God wants us to line up under authority. The early church achieved a divine community prayer. Watch this. He says in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with all his brothers. One accord. They were on one accord, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the, the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, in one place. Acts 4, 24. 
And so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. One accord. The church was on one accord. Look at Acts chapter 5, verse, verse 12 says, And by the hand of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord. One accord. Look at Acts chapter, chapter 8, verse 6 says, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. One accord. Acts chapter 15, verse 25. They says, It seems good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men with you, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. The early church, they prayed. They prayed with one heart, with one mind, one focus, one purpose. As a result, they the presence and the power of God was resident and active in their lives and among them. The mind of the early church. Let's look at not just the mind of the early church, but the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. First, deny self. It is denying self. Esteem others. Live for God. Look at Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 1 through 5 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy, watch this, that ye be like-minded. That's what God wants. That's the Odessa challenge. Be like-minded. Maintain it, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Jesus said, this is the mind of Christ. This is the heart of Christ. Verse 3 says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which were also in Christ Jesus. Deny self, esteem others, live for Christ. He says, consider others. Better than Jesus said it this way. He said, love the Lord thy God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul and their body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. What are you saying, preacher? Jesus said, love God more than you. Oh, <laughs> we're okay with that. <laughs> we get that. We're like, I'm, Jesus, I'm cool with that. Love God Greater than yourself. I get that. No problem with that. I can do that. I just don't do that. But here's where we struggle. Here's where we struggle when he says, but love your neighbor as yourself. Hang on one second now. 
Do what, Jesus? Come, come again. Love him how? Love him the way you love you. Do for him what you do for you. Yeah, yes, we, we hear crickets now. Cricket, crickets show up there. <laughs> we okay with loving God greater than us, but you want me to love him the way I love me? I don't love nobody the way I love me. You see, God says, if you're going to live for me, you're going to die for, you're gonna have to die to you. You're going to have to, you're going to have to nail you to the cross. The church, the early church, they achieved community, common unity. And God unleashed the power in their midst. They, they tapped into something that in America we struggle with. Because in America, we're all about me. It's all about me. He says, let me conclude with the Odessa challenge. The Odessa challenge. He says, the first thing I would challenge you with this morning is die to self. Everything in America pushes against that. You see, God has called us. God has called us to swim upstream in a downstream society. As Christians, God has called us to go against the grain, not with the grain. And so God says, I challenge you this morning. Die to self. Notice the text. He says in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You know what God is saying? I know, I get it. There are some, sand, there's some sandpaper Christians. They just rub you the wrong way. There's some people that's hard to get along with. But as much as it is possible, Live at peace with one another. He says, verse, he says, verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friend, but leave for room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, saith the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, Feed him. If he's a thirst, thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. And do not, watch this, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what he says? You know what Paul says? Paul says something that is hard for us to do, and that is let it go. Let it go. Somebody's wronged you. Somebody's hurt you. Somebody's offended you. And we struggle to let it go. See, forgiveness, 
Forgiveness does more for you than it does the person you're angry with. Unforgiveness is like drinking the poison that you created to kill your enemy with. It's toxic. Paul says, don't be overcome with evil. Let it go. Has some of you been carrying stuff for weeks, for months, for years, and you can't let it go? The pharmacy doesn't have a pill for that. We have to learn how my healing is in releasing. It's in releasing. Don't be overcome with evil. Overcome evil with good. He says the challenge is die to self. There's a second thing I would say to you this morning as the uh, Odessa challenge, and that is live for Christ. Live for Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, Galatians 2, 20, For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Uh, You see, when I die to Christ, I can say what Christ said, not my will, that thy will be done. It's not what I want, Jesus. It's not about me, Jesus. What will you have me to do? That's the question. He says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave me himself, gave himself for me. Beloved, this morning, die to self, live for Christ. The third thing I would say to you, serve others. (laughs) Serve others. Serve others. He says in Galatians, Galatians 5, 13. For you were called to be free, brothers. Only do not use the freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But watch the text. But serve one another through love. But serve one another through love. And then, then die to self. Live for Christ, serve others, and then finally, maintain unity within the fellowship. Maintain unity within the fellowship. Ephesians 4.3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. Odessa, God has richly blessed you. You are growing God is adding. And when the Lord start blessing, the devil will start messing. After the, the dove comes the devil. And so as you approach year seven, the, 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 the year of completion, as you replace, I want to challenge you, stay in love. I want to challenge you, stay united, stay in unity. But that takes hard work. That means you've got to die to yourself. Because there'll be some things you don't agree with. There'll be some things you don't like. I mean, some things not your preference. But remember, it's not about you. It's not about them. It's about him. It's about him. And when it's about him, I can put up with a lot of stuff. 
A lot of things I may not like. A lot of things I may not understand. I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and produce white milk. There's a lot of things I don't understand. But here's what's important. Maintain unity. Maintain unity and the bonds of peace, which means you're going to have to work at it because your flesh, when it's offended, says, you know what? I don't have to take this. There's the church on every corner. I'll just, I'll just choose me. I'll pick another church. Just like I picked this one, I'll pick another one. Really? Hmm. Maintain unity. And God will keep adding. Because there's something about unity that's contagious. Listen to me. You must work to stay in love and unity. It will not happen by osmosis. People tend to drip up, drift apart, not together. People drift apart, not together. Now, I just want to make sure we got time. Listen to me. I want to close with this. A story that I heard some years ago. Because marriage being a church family is like being, being in love. It's like being married. You have to work at staying in love. Because people tend, in relationships, they tend to drift apart, not together. Reminded of a story uh, I heard about a, a couple, an elderly couple. They were out for a Friday night just driving, and they was driving, and, and, and they uh, were kind of driving down Lover's, Lover's Lane. They were on Lover's Peak, and, and, and you know, all the cars were parked, and, 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 and you know, it was Lover's Lane, and, and, and as they were driving down the road, and, and, and you know, down Lover's Lane, and, and, and the, 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 the wife uh, uh, was looking out of the passenger window, and, and, and as she was looking out of the the passenger window, she began to reflect. She began to remember of the days gone by, the way things used to be. And, and she returned to her husband of 50 years and she said to him, John, 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 what happened to us? She said, John, we used to be like that, John. She said, John, you, we used to sit that close, John. John, you used to hold me like that, John. John, what happened? What happened as she leaned on the window? The pastor, she, she began, she kept asking, John, John, what, what happened to us? John, where did we go wrong? John, where did we, what happened, John? John, as he was driving, John just looked over at her and he said, I haven't moved. I haven't moved. Beloved, this morning, if Jesus sings Father to you, 
than he did yesterday. Guess who moved? John said 50 years ago I was sitting here under the sterning wheel. And in 50 years I hadn't moved. I'm still where I was 50 years ago. People don't drift together. They drift apart. If you're going to stay close to him, you're going to have to work at it. If you're going to stay in love, if you're going to stay in unity, if you're going to stay focused, then you are going to have to work at it. It won't happen by osmosis. The Odessa challenge. Stay close. Stay in love. Stay in unity. Stay focused. Stay purpose-driven. Stay Christ-centered. Stay under the authority of His Word. And this building, this site, will not contain how God will add daily to those that are being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. God, I pray for...